You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. And the subject we're going to cover today, we've covered many times before. But with the RAND around about the 1350 mark against the US dollar, it's probably a really good time to revisit getting your money offshore. With me today is Maurice Smith from Brenthurst Wealth. Maurice, there are so many different ways of getting your money offshore. You can do it yourself. You can do it via Brenthurst. You can do it in so many other ways as well. How do you approach it to start with? Do you look at the currency or do you just say it doesn't matter whether the RAND's 19 or, or 14? You you still have to diversify. I would imagine that's your message. So offshore diversification always stays important. Um, obviously, you need to take into consideration the um, exchange rate that you um, convert to an offshore investment because that can have a big impact on the short-term performance of the portfolio. But when we advise clients to invest offshore, it's usually only for clients that are committed to a long-term investment plan. Um, so then the currency that you exchange into the offshore portfolio, um, it's not that important to us. What's important is having the long term so that you can invest into those growth assets over the long term in the offshore portfolio, which will also on its own um, be very volatile. But if you do have the long term investment horizon, we feel that the risk is appropriate to make that move and it doesn't depend on the currency as much as the growth opportunities that we see offshore and we believe will bring a lot of value over the long term. Okay, let's get back to basics first of all. You can take some money out. You can take out uh, how much and also how much every year. Maybe we should clear that up first of all because I still think that people are unclear on exactly if they are wealthy enough what they can do with that wealth. Yes. So if you want to take um, your money directly offshore, um, the current annual offshore allowance per person is 10 million rand, while the current annual single discretionary allowance per person is 1 million. So um, the 1 million you can take out without getting tax clearance. But if you want more than the 1 million, you will have to do an application for a tax clearance certificate through SARS. And that is also something that Brentist has as a service offering to do the tax clearance process. Um, but yeah, in essence, each individual can then take to the maximum 11 million out per calendar year. So it's not financial yet from beginning of January to end of December. Okay, so that's a good start. But what if someone doesn't want to do that? What if someone want, just wants to come to you and say, I want to invest through various instruments? Maybe you could give us your, the most popular or your favorites, please, Maurice. Okay, yeah. So with offshore investments, um, you can either go directly. So that is when you exchange it into physically into USD. So it's available for you to be withdrawn in foreign currency. Or you can do it through an asset swap facility from the um, investment provider that you use. So asset swap facility means you, you, the um, investment platform or the investment fund mm. that you use to invest in. They use their asset swap capacity to invest in dollars for you on your behalf. But it's not available for you to be withdrawn in USD. It also always has to be repatriated to South African RAND. So with that option is usually the minimums to invest into an asset swap portfolio is lower. So then you can do debit audits, for example, on a monthly basis, where when you go directly offshore, the minimums are 
hugely higher. Our minimums for our products that we use is either 18,000 um, USD if you invest in an endowment option, or it is $25,000 if you invest in a direct discretionary investment portfolio. Okay, so you use a particular financial institution, and they obviously have links overseas. What do people tend to like? I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I, I don't do it myself. I'm not a South African resident. But what do people like to do? And do they like to take it out themselves and, um, you know, go it alone? Now, obviously, you can take out 11 million and then or you could uh, take out 11 million if you've got that sort of money and also uh, invest in a product which is provided by you and your service providers. Do people go for that sort of dual optionality? Yes, yeah, so usually we find that our clients prefer investing directly offshore because they want to know that the funds have been taken out of South Africa and would be available if anything goes wrong um, for them offshore. So it's taken out through the, all the correct channels. It would never need to come back to South Africa under any circumstances. Um, so then we invest directly offshore in either, like I said, the discretionary investment or the endowment investment. So that's just different product structures, but within those product structures, it doesn't mind which one you choose, you can invest in unit trust portfolios, direct share portfolios, or exchange-traded funds. So your offering within those products is very wide. Um, we do prefer using offshore unit trust investments because there is no CITES tax involved with unit trust investments within discretionary portfolios, where if you invest in a discretionary portfolio in shares or ETFs, that's exchange-traded funds, um, you do have to worry about CITES tax. So that's something that you would preferably want to avoid. Or if you invest in the, that endowment option that I quickly mentioned, that's actually the preferred option for high net worth individuals. So that's individuals in South Africa that pay high tax rates above 30%. Because if you use the endowment product, then your tax is taxed within the product and it's taxed at a fixed rate of 30%, which gives a lot of further benefits as well. So any future capital gains tax will only be be taxed at 12%, for example, effectively, instead of if you're at the maximum income tax rate of 45 it would be 18%. So there you save. And there's further estate planning benefits as well. Yeah, I was going to ask about the tax implications. That would be that was my next question. Do If you're invested in a, an Asian equity fund or in a US equity fund, does that have any implications tax-wise uh, if you're doing it either directly or through a product? Yes. When you refer to funds, I assume you refer to unit trust funds. Yes, exactly. So that's when you invest, for example, in the 91 Global Franchise Fund. So you can invest into that type of fund within the discretionary investment or the endowment product. And when you do that, the only tax that you need to be aware of as a South African investor is um, you will still be taxed on your capital gains since you are taxed on your worldwide assets of, or income. Um, so at the end of the tax year, you'll still receive, if you've done any redemption or withdrawals or switches um, and there was a capital gain realized, you will still need to pay tax on that capital gain. The product that we use for those offshore investments, um, they do provide a further benefit because their capital gains tax, the way they they calculate it, they calculate it on the dollar growth and not on the dollar growth, including the exchange rate depreciation or appreciation. 
So that means that if the currency that you invested in um, depreciated over the term, so if you've been invested for 10 years um, and the currency depreciated by 7%, you're not going to pay tax on the depreciation of the currency as well. You're only going to pay tax based on the dollar growth that you've received. So usually that is a big benefit over the long term when you do have a depreciating local currency. Understood. What about estate duty? What about wills? Because they also are factors that need to be addressed. Yes. So since direct discretionary offshore investments, they fall within your deceased South African estate as foreign assets. Therefore, estate duty will be levied at 20% where the dutable amount of the estate is less than 30 million and 25% where the dutable amount of the estate is more than 30 million. And there will also be an executive fee that will apply if you invest in a discretionary portfolio. So you need to be aware of the state duty implications and also the jurisdiction of where the offshore portfolio or the company that you're investing with sits. So for example, the company that we use for most of our offshore investments, they are based in Guernsey. So if it's in a discretionary portfolio, and when you die, it will fall part of your state. The executor would need to get a grant of probate from Guernsey to be able to say to which beneficiaries or to handle that investment within your estate. And that can have additional costs involved for your estate. So that is also why we prefer using the endowment product because within the endowment product, you can get past the grant of probate because you can put beneficiaries or successors onto that investment, which means you won't need to apply for grant of probate. And also this investment will not have any executive fees applicable because it already knows where it's going. And also it's not frozen within your assets of the estate because it will be available for the beneficiaries um, immediately. So they do get a liquidity or availability to the investment. Fun question, Maurice. Do you find that um, uh, a year ago, actually when I say a year ago, it's almost 18 months ago now when the RAND went to close to 20 to the US dollar, people behave badly when it comes to, or rather differently, when it comes to getting money offshore or diversifying offshore uh, differently to when the RAND is as it is at the moment, around about uh, 1350. Do you find there's some sort of behavioral patterns that you've noticed? Yes, definitely. Every time the RAND bombs out, (laughs) you get a sense of panic. So then you get a lot of clients that just wants to take the funds offshore just based on the RAND and not based on any other needs that they probably have. So they're just worried about the RAND and they want to take it out as quickly as possible. Where the RAND is more stable like where it is now and also more fairly priced, because if you look at the PPP index, it's actually at fair value or actually a bit below fair value according to that index. At the moment, people are actually, (laughs) they don't want to convert their funds into USD. I I don't understand why. It's maybe because that panic factor isn't there or they're afraid that it's going to get even stronger in the short and they want to see if they can get a bit better rate. But actually this time when the RAN is in the fair value range, it's the perfect time if you have a long-term investment view to actually now externalize assets offshore. Maurice, thanks so much for your insight and your advice. That's Maurice Smith from Brenta's Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenta's Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.